welcome to the Spark to Your Success. My name is TJ Dow and I believe we all have a bright spark inside when you find yours and light it up. Not only do you light up inside, and that feels amazing, but you light up the world around you, allowing other people to feel that amazing too. What a great gift to give, not just to yourself, but to the world around you. The Spark to Your Success podcast is designed to bring you a little inspiration, a little bit of insight and a lot of positivity to your day. Welcome to this episode for young people and the young at heart as we continue in our series about sexual and gender identity. The purpose of this series to give young people who are from the LGBT plus community a voice to provide young people who are questioning with an opportunity to learn from those young people who've already embarked on that journey and to provide a bank of resources to help both young people and parents to get the information and support that they need on this really important topic in life. Today's episode, you will hear Taishan, my beautiful daughter, interviewing Ryan who is a gay man. The conversation is lovely, it's lively, it's honest, and it is hilarious in places. I absolutely love Ryan's coming out story. You've got to hear it. It literally made me laugh out loud. I'm not going to put any, any spoilers in at this point. You've got to hear it. The topics that they cover in this interview that are interesting and varied. You'll hear thoughts on all sorts of things, heteronormativity, gay stereotypes, crocheting and baking to Dolly Parton and drag queens. And my favourite thing in this was that thought, that question, are we in a sexual and gender identity revolution right now in the world? Wow, what an amazing thought. So go ahead, listen in. You will love this interview. Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what sexuality you identify as, um, pronouns, what you do, things like that. I'm 29 years old. I am male. Uh, I identify as gay, pronouns he, him. And I am a solicitor. I'm from Cheshire, so although I'm originally from sort of Stoke-on-Trent and moved around a bit, lived in Manchester for a while, which was really interesting and, and, and really helped with exploring my sexuality and all of that. Um, Manchester, as I'm sure you're aware, has got a really good gay scene. Um, yeah, but at the moment I'm, I'm in Cheshire um, and loving it. I bet Manchester was so good. I'm going to Manchester Pride this year, like my first Pride event. But um, Manchester is always somewhere that I've wanted to live because it's just so open and free and there's a really good community there, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, it, I actually um, met my now husband um, in Manchester. Our first date was in Manchester. I, I went to university there. And to be fair, when I went to university... I wasn't out of the closet while I was at university, so I was in Manchester, but wasn't really exploring the scene that much. But then after I met my um, then boyfriend, now husband, um, we decided to move there, and it's just an amazing scene. I mean, obviously, they've got Canal Street and the whole, you know, um, gay village, but it extends outside of that. And, and, and Pride, you said this is going to be your first Pride event. I would be honest, out of all of them, I think Manchester Pride is like, is the best. And you're definitely starting off really well. Um, it, it's brilliant. It, it's such a warm, welcoming environment. Um, it, it's just so nice. The first time, I, the, the first Pride event I went to was, was Manchester Pride. And 
within about an hour of being there in the middle of a street with a drink in my hand around all these other people. And I just thought, yes, this is, this is like, these are my people. And I'd never felt that before. It was, it was really interesting. So I think, yeah, you're going to love it. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, I was excited anyway, and now I want to go now. I can't believe I'm late. <laughs> it's so nice. Um, the whole experience, normally, I don't know if it'll be different this year because obviously things are a little bit different generally this time. But um, I think you've really got to experience the whole weekend, even on the last day when everybody's going home and it's all, the, the, the energy drops off, but they have a, they usually have a vigil at the end to sort of remember all the people and, 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 and all that. And, and even that, like to go from the highs of, you know, partying in the streets to, you know, the, the remembrance um, sort of vigil, it, it's absolutely awesome. You, you're going to love it. Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, you've kind of touched on it a little bit there, but when did you realise you were gay? So you obviously said you weren't out when you were at uni. So just tell us a little bit about that journey. I always say I was a late bloomer, but actually, you know, speaking to other people since, you know, I realised that people come out a lot later than that. But for me, I I. I thought that I was coming out quite late and I suppose in comparison to a lot of people I did I came out at it was after my 21st birthday but closer to 22 before that I had had some feelings of you know attraction towards men but I'd denied it I pushed it down I convinced myself that it was a purely sexual attraction and that I was always going to end up with a wife and kids in a uh, heterosexual marriage and and that was that was just the 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 road that I was on um and yeah the, the turning point was when I just was randomly talking to somebody, to, to a guy, and I started to feel romantically attracted to him. And that was the first time that had happened. And then it was a case of, oh, uh, okay, um, what's this? Uh, what do I do with this, you know? And, and, and very quickly the realization happened that, you know, I did the thing that a lot of, I say gay men, it may, it may happen to, to other members of the community as well, but coming out as bi first and then, you know, six months later, 12 months later, whatever it is saying, you know, actually I'm not, that was sort of a gateway. And, and you know, that's not to say that, that, that you know, obviously there are lots of people out there who are bisexual, but for me it was one of those where, you know, oh, maybe I'm bi because I hadn't fully given up yet the idea that maybe I will still end up with them. Very quickly, within about six months, I realised that I'd not been looking at any women. I'd not been attracted to any women. And, that, you know, once that once that lid came off the, 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 the part, it was like, yeah, I'm gay. Do you think, because you said that you thought you were going to get married to a woman and you always thought that that was the case. Do you think compulsory heterosexuality came into that, that you thought that that was just what you had to do or was it something else? I think so. Uh, um, it, it wasn't so much a compulsion from, say, family. Um, I had quite a supportive family, but I think from a society, from a societal point of view, everything you saw in the media, or well, most things you saw in the media, and when you talk to people, you know, Grandma would always say, have you got a girlfriend yet? And that was always the standard was, have you got a girlfriend yet? Are you out there? You know, are you dating? And, you know, is this your girlfriend? There was, and I think, you know, 
to, to a large extent there still is this idea that uh, of heteronormative uh, heteronormativity that you know you are going to be you are straight basically and unless you say otherwise you are straight and that, I think heteronormality is one of those things that is going to be something that we've really got to get over before we have proper equality across the board I think but but yeah I think it was definitely societal pressures and you know when you're at school you, you get it's just one of those things that's ingrained I think in every institution in, in all parts of society that the idea of heteronormality and that you are going to end up in a heterosexual uh, relationship and, and you're going to get married to somebody of the opposite sex and I think things probably have changed a bit but obviously when I was growing up it, it was very much the case that there was this assumption that that you were going to marry someone of the opposite sex. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely agree. I think in terms of like, I think it starts with like breaking the cycle of like heteronormativity starts with, like you said, not asking kids, have you got a boyfriend? Have you got a girlfriend? Like not assuming that they're going to be straight because it's, don't get me wrong, being heterosexual generally is what most not most but it will like a lot of people are but being part of the lgbt community is so much more open now like a lot more people are out now obviously people were always part of the community but nowadays i don't think we can assume anyone's sexuality or gender we've got to allow an open space for people to be able to come out especially children i think yeah i think that's definitely the case i mean heteronormality or is something that we've really got to get past to and i think it makes it so much easier for people to come out of the closet if they know that it's you know the idea that you know one day we won't have to come out of the closet i don't know whether that will be the case particularly not in 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 your life in my lifetime but the idea that there's less of a yeah, less of an assumption. I think, you know, we're going to get that. I genuinely think we are in the middle of a gender identity and sexuality revolution. I think we are in the middle of it now. The fact that, you know, on LinkedIn, people put their pronouns now and it's an option. And the fact that there is a lot more representation on TV, you know, I wouldn't say that everybody's, but a lot of people will are, are taking the time to, you know, really consider things other than, he, him, she, her, you know, the idea that someone can just be, you know, gender fluid or non-binary or, you know, 10 years ago, if you spoke to most people, they wouldn't have a clue about gender fluidity and, 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 and being non-binary. Now it's a conversation that's been had enough times that even if people don't really understand it, they've heard the terms now. And I think that's where, that's what we've got to start with is getting the terms out there, getting people familiar with it, normalising it, and then eventually we'll start to break down the heteronormativity and, and the idea that uh, everybody's straight unless they say otherwise. Yeah. And that's what the whole coming out thing comes around with, isn't it? Is you only have to come out if it's if it's sort of against the grain. And at the end of the day, we are, we are minorities. We're in the minority. Um, most people are, are, are straight or identify as straight. But that doesn't mean that that's got to be the norm in terms of how you approach people. That's that's the difference, isn't it? It's about how you approach people and approaching people openly and, and not assuming. You know, I don't think 
Granny ever was trying to cause offence or be politically incorrect by saying, have you got a girlfriend? It's just the norm. And she was being nice at the end of the day, but I think it's about changing the words. You know, words are really powerful. And I think that that's, you know, we've got to get the words right first. Yes, I definitely, definitely agree. I think like what you said about getting the terms out there and people maybe not understanding, the first step to understanding is knowing the terms, then you can begin to understand what they are. And I think social media platforms, Instagram have done it, LinkedIn, like you said, have done it, putting pronouns in in as an option is so helpful. It's such a good step because it it's obviously been an ally to the community by doing that, but also it's starting conversations. Like I put my pronouns in my email signature at work and it started so many more conversations. Like I work in the motor trade currently, um, which is a very like male dominated industry. Um, it's just the whole industry itself is very old fashioned generally. And I had so many conversations with people who I never, never really like heard about pronouns. They didn't understand it at all. And we had conversations about it. They told me they'd gone and researched it. They found it really interesting. And it's about having that conversation and, and opening people's minds up to it. I, I was scrolling through Facebook the other day and I got an advert for a book and the title of the book escapes me at the moment, but it was basically a book that just had, it was almost like a dictionary for the LGBTQ um community and and all these different words and it wasn't all just gay lingo you know all the all the stuff that, that stereotypically gay people say um uh, it, it, it was other things you know talking about all the different sexual identities gender identities all of that was in there and i thought you know and it was done in a really light-hearted colorful illustrated way and i thought you know that's that's the sort of stuff that's going to make it so much easier for people to come out and be comfortable expressing themselves as they want to because people will understand more and people will be more accepting of it because they understand it because at the end of the day a lot of prejudice um whether it's to do with people being anti-lgbt people being racist a lot of it comes from ignorance and, and lack of knowledge and i think you know if we can educate people we can dispel some of that ignorance and and pe people are scared of what they know they don't know about and and the more we can teach people and do you've got to start really small and that's why i say getting those terms out there it's a little step but once people become familiar with them then you can explore them you can talk about them more i mean you said about being in the metro industry and it being very male dominated and quite old-fashioned the legal sector is is traditionally is one of the the most traditional industries out there and that's not to say that you know they don't treat everybody equally they do and i've always found that everybody i've spoken to has been really open and, and really encouraging but generally it's one of those those, those industries that is slower to pick things up than than others and so you know whilst I've never had to you know really struggle in in my industry in terms of nobody's been treated me adversely you've got that self sort of self-consciousness of well you know people most people aren't you know I've come across haven't been bothered but I'm worried about what if they are bothered that and that's the thing isn't it it's about that sometimes it's, it's not necessarily that, that, that people are going to treat you any differently but it's the war it's the fact that because we know what society is like and you know 
yes, we've come so far, but we've still got so far to go. Because we've got all of that going around in our heads, you're always wondering, well, will this person be the one that calls me a slur or, you know, something worse? You know, it's always there in the back of your head. Um, We're definitely progressing, but we're not there yet. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely agree with that. Um, We touched a little bit about coming out. So did you ever feel the need to actually come out? Obviously, it's a process. It's continual. It happens all the time. But initially, did you feel the need to come out? Yeah, I mean, I I had to come out to myself first at the end of the day. You know, as I said, I'd, I'd suppressed it and denied it for so long that I had to really confront it. On, on, an, on an individual level first to say, okay, you're having these feelings, you're gay. That's what you are. And, and I had to accept to myself. And then what I did is it, it was a very slow process. So first, at the, at the time I was working in, in a coffee shop and the first thing I did was tell a few people at the coffee shop because I was like, you know, I work here you know, three days a week. I was already planning on leaving soon. So it didn't really matter because if it didn't work out, then I could cut those ties if I needed to, um, which is awful to think about now looking back that, you know, you treat it so transiently, but but that, that was just work for me. I did that. They were all accepting. So then I was like, right, next I told a few more people. And then it was time to tell my parents. And so I knew I'd got to tell them. My mum had asked me a few times growing up um, whether I was gay. She obviously saw it before I did and, and realised, but I, I denied it so many times that when I eventually did tell her, she was surprised. She was genuinely surprised because she said, well, you told me so many times that you weren't that I just accepted that you weren't. Um, so to tell me now, I, I'm surprised. And then I told my dad that my dad, you know, I had a conversation with my dad and the same, I did it before I was about to go on a night out. So I was like, if he doesn't like it, I'm literally going out. I can go and get completely drunk and then, you know, forget about it. And he didn't at all. I told him, I went upstairs to get my coat and he sent me a text while I was upstairs because we'd already had a conversation anyway, but he followed up and was like, you know, I completely support you, but no matter what, I, I, you're my son and I will always love you, which was, which was lovely. And, you know, so I did that and then it was like, right now I've got to tell my grandparents. And I told my mum, my mum actually told my grandparents, she actually told my nan while she was sitting on a gurney in A&E with chest pains, which is not the right time to sell somebody that their grandson's gay, but Luckily, it turned out she just got really bad heartburn. But that's when she decided to tell her. And then she accidentally told my granddad because I'd actually, at this point, I was dating my now husband. And he asked where I was. And she said, oh, he's, 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 he's in Manchester with Manasseh. I was like, with who? And Nana nudged my mum supposedly and said, I haven't told him yet. Uh, and so it's, it's been a continual process. And the same with work. I mean, the place I worked at before, I, I felt like I did need to tell people, but I told people not not so much because I felt like they needed to know, but I felt that by telling them, I could be myself and be more comfortable and not worry about, you know, am I going to do something that will make them say, oh, he's gay. And then they'd be talking in the office of, you know, oh, I, you know, I think Ryan's gay and all that. So it was just easier to have it out in the open people know and then you can be yourself and that's not to say that you can't be yourself if you are in the closet but I just feel for me it was much more freeing and I was able to completely be myself and not think about it not worry about it by telling people and so I've moved jobs since I told people there um, and you know it, it is a continuing experience because you know people do assume you're straight so every new person you meet you know we, we moved house 12, 12 months ago 
two little old neighbours next door, both over the age of 70. And at some point we've got to explain that, you know, yes, we're two men living together and we're not just roommates. Um, we are a married couple. Um, and I got that out, you know, I got it out soon. Um, but, you know, it, it is a continual experience. And, you know, I, I don't think there will ever be a time when I don't have to or don't feel the need to tell people. But it gets much easier the more you do it, um, at least for me. You know, there are all situations where, it's a bit awkward, you know, clients will sometimes say, you know, um, and, and I don't tend to talk about personal things with clients, but, you know, we're chatting about something in the client, you know, just being polite. That's, and that's what it is off the time. It's people being polite saying, well, you know, uh, you know, what, you know, how does your wife, you know, do such and such or, you know, what does your wife think? And, you know, and thinking, you know, you know, well, what do I, do I go along with it? Or do I say actually my husband, um, and I didn't, you know, and it's, it's a continual process and there will always be times where it's a little bit more awkward than others, but, you know, it definitely does get easier the more you, you do it because you, you sort of know how to do it quickly, get it over and done with, get it out there and then get on with the rest of, you know, whatever the rest of the conversation is. Can I just say I absolutely love your grandparents coming out story. That is probably like one of the best coming out stories I've heard. I love that. I just don't know why when someone's been rushed into A&E with chest pains, why you think, you know what, now's the time. Either she was trying to do her in and she was, you know, it was, it was the next step. Um, wasn't the case, obviously. Um, but, or, or, you know, I, I just don't think she was thinking at the time. It, it was very quick. So, you know, there wasn't a long process. I think it was a matter of days between me telling my mum and her telling my nan, but I think we just all happened to be together. It was about, it was probably about three o'clock in the morning because I I'd had a call off my mum saying, your nan's been taken into hospital. She's got chest pains. We're going to go up to the hospital. And yeah, and then she just came back and said, oh, I've just been seeing Anna. And by the way, I've told you gay. I was like, well, what, what do you mean you've told her now? What a time to tell her. Um, but yeah, it, it's brilliant. Yeah, it always makes people laugh when I tell them. That, that, that's my best. That's my best. That's that's my best coming out story. That I think that is the fa- that's my favourite one that I've heard so far. That is incredible. What a time to do it. What a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've said people are people are generally accepting. Have you ever experienced any homophobia or anything? What was it? I suppose you didn't go through it in school because you weren't really out, but. Have you ever experienced any any homophobia or anything? Well, in in school, I actually did, and I think it was probably because I was exhibiting stereotypically gay traits. I just didn't identify as gay yet, so people still did call me slurs. You know, they they didn't. and I think "gay" is a word that gets thrown around in school so much. You know, as as an insult, but not not even a homophobic insult. It's just people, you know, oh, you're gay, sort of thing, and people just say it. And I think you know, there's a real lesson there to be had between students and teachers you know, and students and the parents about you know it's not okay to use that even as a joking insult if, if there is such a thing you know but you know that would happen i remember being sort of 18 19 walking into town and somebody shouting out to their car window at me um and all i was doing was walking along i wasn't you know doing anything that i would consider to be flamboyant or I was just walking down the road with my headphones in and they shouted out the window more recently even in Manchester maybe two years ago um we were looking at we were at some market and I was in some guy's way he wanted to get past in a hurry and he I didn't hear him but my other half did um you know said you know just just 
just move away. Um, it just wasn't worth the confrontation, you know. So I have I have experienced people saying things, but I think you know, as long as you're not in a position where you feel like you're, it, it's not safe. Um, you know, I've never I've never felt like I was going to be, you know hit or anything like that by anybody but i have you know had people say things and as long as you you know that it's safe i'm the sort of person that will just ignore it it's it's not worth in that moment it's usually not worth at least in my opinion it's not worth really confronting usually there are times when it's you know i will pick people up and say mm, that's wrong but you know sometimes you just know it's really not worth it. And, and, you know, it's usually the people that shout stuff on the street. Obviously, when they're driving past in a car, you can't really, you know, say anything. Um, but I would say generally my experience as, as a gay man has been quite quite a positive one. I've, I've not really had many, apart from, as I say, being called the odd name. Um, I've not really experienced it. And, and as, as in, a, in a family setting... I've been really fortunate and it's definitely a privileged position to be in that all of my family have been accepting of my sexuality and nobody's ever made me feel uncomfortable. Um, first time I took my husband, boyfriend as he was then, um, home, nobody made me feel like that was awkward. You know, I, I've been really lucky actually that, that that's been the case. And I know that a lot of people, you know, don't, don't get that same experience. Um, as I say, ignorant people will will always, you know, make make passive comments, and and usually, you know, that that they are. That's where it ends. Um, and again, it's one of those things that it, it 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 shocks you the first few times, but I think after a while, you unfortunately you sort of almost come to expect it. You know, me me and my husband are very what we would say hyper vigilant when we're on the streets if we're walking we're holding hands and we see a group of you know teenage boys or lads out on a night out we will usually stop holding hands because we don't want to draw attention to ourselves because we're just we don't want to put ourselves into that situation and that's and that's the thing really I think you know with knowing we've got a lot still to, to to do the fact that you know people will say to me you know oh I saw you know I saw two men walking down the street holding hands isn't it lovely you know we've come so far and I'll say well yeah that's great but we need to get to a point where you don't notice them holding hands because until we get to the point where it's normal for two men to hold hands and you don't feel the need to comment on it it's not normal yet yeah I definitely agree I definitely agree it's sad that like you don't like a lot of people in the LGBT community don't feel safe necessarily expressing any kind of affection with their partner in fear of what someone else might do. Um, and in terms of obviously like I've never thought about it like that, like not commenting Like when we get to a point where we don't comment on it that's when we've kind of made progress. And I think the same about media, like in films and TV shows, there'll be, they're still now, if there's like a gay couple or like anyone in the LGBT community and it's like a good storyline, there's quite a few different people involved and relationships involved. And still now I think, wow, that's amazing that they've like included them, they portrayed them so well. But sometimes I watch things and it's just so seamlessly included into the storyline. And I watch it and I just think that's how it should be. They haven't pulled them up for being gay or whatever. It's just seamlessly worked in. There's no big deal about it. And that's that's how it should be rather than kind of um, like putting them on a pedestal. Oh, look, wow, they're gay. That's amazing. Like, look how 
how, how good they are because they're so brave. And it's like, we don't have to portray it like that. That doesn't have to be how it is. It can just be a normal part of life like it is in society and we can just get on with it and enjoy it. Yeah, that's, it's funny. I was thinking about that the other day um, about, you know, even even I, you know, when when I see it on TV, it's like, oh, well, yeah, this is a film that's got gay people in it. You know, we'll, maybe we'll give it a go. Um, but usually, yeah, they, they get introduced as, oh, this is my gay best friend or, you know, it, the, the, it's 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 made obvious to you. And I, you've obviously watched things that have been a little bit more subtle with it. I haven't really found many things where I've not had anything where I've watched something and then halfway through a film or halfway through a series, you you realise, oh, actually, yeah, they're, they're gay. It, it's always, you know, the, the, the signs, you know, they, they really signpost it. I think in the in the last five years, the media have gotten a bit better with it in terms of the sort of gay people that they show on TV and film because five, six, probably longer years ago, well, definitely longer, you know, if gay people were shown on in films and TV, they were usually thin, pretty gays who liked to go out and party or, you know, were best friends with a woman and almost always, and I would say until the last few years, any relationships in a series or in a film that had a gay couple and usually ended with either one of them cheating or them breaking up and it, it that's all you kind of had or you had the other side which was the big um oversized bubbly gay who was really camp and 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 to be fair if ever was going to fit into any sort of category that's sort of the, the way i would go but but you know you, you had those you know you got two choices and that was it and they they were choices and and people aren't like that like you say you know in normal life you know you can meet people and and people have said to me before oh i didn't realize you were gay you know, and again, I'm quite fortunate that I can pass frustrated in certain situations and it does make it a lot easier sometimes from a social point of view if it doesn't come up because nobody realises. But yeah, I think TV and media need, needs to get to that level where, we're, you know, we're just normal people. We just happen to like men. Yeah, no, I can, I do completely agree. We're doing a bit of back and forth here because I want to cycle backwards to how you were saying sometimes, obviously you've, had people shout at you in the street or like push past you and say slurs and things like that. Um, and you mentioned kind of, it's not safe to pull people up in for, for something in certain situations. And those people who pass you and say slurs, it says a lot more about them than it does about you. But I just want to talk a little bit about allyship and how important it is to pull people up for things when it's safe to do so, because that again is how we start changing society and start changing how people understand it and that the terminology that people use like so often I pull people up for saying things that uh, are just normalized in society that shouldn't be and like anyone who knows me knows I am somewhat of an activist in terms of like feminism LGBTQ plus rights anti-racism like anything I hear that is it that could fall under those terms that I don't think is right, whether it's intentional or not, I will pull people up for it because I think it's so important. And I would expect other people to do that for me. Like if I say something that isn't, I don't want to say politically correct, but doesn't fit the progress that we need to make, I want people to pull it up, pull me up for it. 
And I think that's what needs to change in society. I think it's really important. And that is part of being a good ally to any kind of community. Would, would you agree? Yeah. So, I mean, you, you know, there are very definitely situations where I feel like I wouldn't pull somebody up and it's usually because it's either not worth it because there's somebody on the street and, and they seem the sort that could get aggressive if you did confront them about it. And you know that, you know, you, when you see it, you know those signs. But there are a lot of people, whether they are your friends, whether they are people you've, you know, friends of friends or even just people that you've met in a setting, either social or work or whatever, and they either say something that, as you say, there are there are words that get used and terms that get used, and then as as we progress and develop, we realise that actually those words are no longer the, the correct terms to use, and, you know, people will, you know, again, people who are, are ignorant to it will say, you know, oh, you know, it's changed again and whatever. Well, yeah, it's changed because, as I said earlier, we're in the middle of a complete social upheaval in terms of how we understand gender. I mean, gender at the end of the day, it's a social construct. We, we have this innate you know, desire to put a label on everything. And, and so, you know, trying to fit someone's gender identity into a box is really difficult. And, you know, and so we're still learning. We're also learning, you know, I will hold my hands up and say that I have said things that, I've thought were normal and somebody has said, actually, you know what, what you said, I get why you said it, but it's a little bit problematic for these reasons. And, you know, you feel so embarrassed and so upset because you were trying, but you just missed the mark slightly. And so you learn and we're all still learning, you know, nobody has all the answers, you know, even, even, you know, people who, you know, or would deem themselves social justice warriors. You know, I, I know people who really that that's what they do and it's their life mission to, to you know make sure that everybody is understood and accepted. And even they will make mistakes sometimes. And yeah, it's all about picking people up, but doing it in the right way so that you're not just, you know, saying, no, that was wrong. Well, why were they wrong? How could they improve? What were the right things to say? And explain it in a supportive way. And I think we've got to help each other. You know, a lot of people will say they're allies, allies, they want to help. Great, brilliant. We need to help them help us because if they don't, if if we don't help them to understand the right and wrong things to say and to explain things, then they're never going to get it right. So if they can't support us, when they, as allies, come across somebody who says something wrong, that's it's how we spread the message, isn't it? And the day it starts with us, we teach somebody, they teach somebody else, and that's how we, we become much more accepting as a, as a society. We kind of touched on this again. Every question I have, you kind of touch on it a little bit before I ask it. <laughs> um, so I was going to talk a bit about stereotypes. Have you ever felt like you needed to fit into a stereotype or have you been stereotyped with without kind of, do you know what I mean? Have you ever been stereotyped yourself by other people? I mean, I think people definitely have. And again, this comes back to the idea of, you know, how we're represented in the media, that, that gay men are all, you know, act a certain way are all really feminine and, and and you know obviously that's not the case and everybody's completely different and you know I think with you know I, ha I have definitely had people you know assume that I fit certain stereotypes and not, some of them I do and I think you know part of the reason for that is because being gay we've dispelled the mask 
masculine sort of the need to to be this very masculine sort of person and that's not to say that straight people have to be masculine too you know straight men have to be masculine too but as a society there is still to some extent an an expectation that men are men sort of thing and so because you're gay you almost get a a, you know a, a carte blanche to start that all over again and so you can explore the more feminine traits that most men have most men have some feminine traits and 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 vice versa for for women you know i don't think you know feminine traits and masculine traits are are, you know how what what is feminine what is masculine i mean i used to sit on the train crocheting on the way to work you know and that is something that's you know brilliant you know every everybody you know when people when i tell people that they, they always you know burst out laughing the idea of a guy with a big beard in a suit on a train from Manchester to Stoke, crocheting, and you know, okay, to, you know, that that's a, quite a family thing to do. I garden, I bake, you know, I, I do all, you know, I can sew, all of that sort of stuff. So, to some extent, I do sort of play into some of the, you know, what 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 people would label sort of a homely gay. You know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a very homely person, quite sort of, you know. I fit into those stereotypes of being quite feminine in that respect. But, you know, the way I hold myself isn't necessarily, you know, what people would assume. And, you know, people say, well, you don't, you don't walk like a gay, you know, like gay people do. And I'm like, well, what do gay people work, walk like? You know, we don't talk like a gay person. Well, what do gay people sound like? I also do change how I talk, you know, at work, you know, I'm much more, you know, speak properly, but, you know, when I'm with my gay friends, you know, there's a few more yards and all that sort of stuff, you know, they, they come out, you know, it happens because it, you can let your hair down, you know, going back to pride, you know, you can be more open and be more free and, 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 and play around with it a bit more. But when I first came out, I lost a lot of weight because I had this idea that that gay men were all thin, good-looking men because that's all that had been portrayed in the media. And I had a real issue with being very self-conscious, feeling overweight. I dropped like three stone in a year, still felt completely overweight. And, you know, I had a real issue with that when I first came out because that's all I'd seen in the media was that gay men and, you know, I hadn't really met many men. I've not been, I've not been on many dates and I completely put it down to, well, I'm not meeting men and men don't find me attractive because I'm not short, thin, young looking, pretty, you know, and that was a stereotype that I'd created based on things I'd seen in the media and all of that. And so, yeah, I definitely did, especially when I first came out, I felt like there was a stereotype I needed to fit into. And I think a lot of people have that same stereotype in their head that they assume will get men out. Now, I really don't care. I do whatever I want, you know, because why should you, you know, people can do whatever they want. You can do, you know, I can, you know, bake a cake. In fact, I did it the other week. I was baking a cake whilst I was building a greenhouse and doing DIY outside and, you know, doing very traditionally masculine thing, you know, DIY outside and then, you know, inside baking a cake and frosting, you know, putting buttercream on it and, you know, doing all pretty decorations, you know, do whatever you want. But yeah, I, I definitely think that that there are stereotypes and, and, and I, I can certainly see why few people feel compelled to, to try and fit in them, especially when they first come out, because I think when you first come out and realize that that you are gay you've then got to discover well this person you were to some extent was not the real you because it was the you that you were you'd created to stop people realizing you were gay you've spent so long trying to hide it so you've not you know crocheted on a train because you know why would you would never do that as a straight man of course yeah 
do it again, do what you want. But you know, you've not done all those things. So actually when when you come out as gay, it's like, well, all right, now now I've done that, I can be myself. And then you've got to discover the new self. And, you know, so I think, especially at the beginning, it's very easy to say, well, okay, the new self is I'm going to do everything that all of these gay men on TV do because that's what gay people do. But, you know, you very quickly realise that that's not, not the case and you can be whoever you want. I think media plays such a big part. Well, representation plays such a big part. How you were saying um, a lot of the gay characters kind of represented it short, um, very good looking, very young, thin. And then it comes to actually being gay or like as a lesbian, or I was bisexual before, but I'd get people say to me like, you don't look gay. You don't look like a lesbian. And you turn around, like you said, like what does, okay, what does a lesbian look like? And that is going off there. Um, what they've seen in the media of what a lesbian looks like, typically butch, do you know what I mean? That was like the representation at the time. So as you said, what what does a gay person look like? Why why do why do I not fit that? And then you feel the need to kind of fit into it yourself. Yeah, I, I think part of it is okay, we know we know the media portray or traditionally portrayed us in a certain way, but then when you look outside at the wider sort of you know you're walking down the street you're walking through a shopping mall you're going to notice the ones that that fall into the stereotypical image because that's what you're looking for and the ones that don't probably are there as well but you just don't see them because they don't fit your stereotype so you know i'm sure there are lots more gay people out there but people just don't realize because they don't look gay if there is sort of thing but you know and I think yeah the media is so important because when you or at least for me you know what I saw on tv read in books saw in the films was all I had to go off because I didn't have any gay friends at school because they were probably going through the same thing I was you know they didn't feel comfortable coming out or whatever there was nobody in my family was 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 um gay so I the only thing I had to go on was the things I saw on tv and the people I found on youtube you know from searching the internet which I, I did a lot you know when, when I first came out because you want to know more about your community and and you know how do you do that you know as a, as a you know for me I was 21 and you know I could drive I could go to you know if there was event if you know pride festivals and whatever but you're not going to go on your own um because, you know, nobody wants to, you know, go to some big city and go to some massive, you know, party on their own because, you know, you know it, it's really difficult when you first started out to, you know, find representation other than what's in the media. And so, you know, it's getting better, but traditionally the media portrayed a certain type of person and that's all you had to go off. That, that's all you had to go off. Um, and so finding who you are is, is a lot more difficult because... You've got no other reference points because you, you you can't see those people. That's the thing, isn't it? That's why representation is really important. But as we've said before, it needs to be it needs to be the right kind of representation because it can be done incredibly wrong. Um, it needs to be the right kind of representation. Um, so, did you find any resources when you were kind of researching when you were younger that you found helpful? I mean- I, in in terms of, you know, actual resources, th- there were very few that I 
found and I think part of that is because I didn't have anybody in the community to say actually have you read this book or have you seen this or have you watched that so all I could go off was what was in the mainstream and and so you know there were plenty of things on TV that have gay characters on you know Sex and the City, Will and Grace you know all these sort of like sitcomy things but the people that were portrayed in them were you know fell into those stereotypes I think probably in terms of resources, I, I was just somebody who scoured the internet a lot. I would I would ask questions, you know, what is gay, you know, gay stereotypes, gay subcultures. And, you know, you fall into that sort of rabbit hole of finding all these different things. And, you know, there's, there's loads of people, even back then, there was loads of people on YouTube talking about their experience. And I think there is a lot of that still today. And there are some, you know, really well-known YouTubers now that are part of the LGBT community who do a lot in terms of representation and, and, and talking about their experiences. But, you know, there wasn't as much of it back then. And I think that was, again, partly because generally we were just underrepresented both in the media and in, in, in the public. So, you know, I would say that I probably found more support in female role models. And, and I think to go back to what you said about, you know, feminism and, and the LGBT community being really connected, there is a reason that, that, that gay men, are drawn to, to strong female characters and, and strong female presences. And I think, you know, it's because, you know, that there is no toxic masculinity. They are open and, and, you know, we can see in them some of the more traditionally feminine traits that we are exploring and they're there because obviously they are, you know, straight women, for example. And so for me, you know, that, that's why, you know, I, I think a lot of a lot of gay men, you know, idolise female singers a lot. You know, Kylie, Madonna, I mean, I'm a massive Dolly Parton fan, you know, I pick like the, the, the campest female singer you could you could find. You know, she, she always says that if, you know, if she hadn't been born a woman, she'd have been a drag queen. And I think a lot of that is, you know, seeing somebody that, and then, you know, I, I, as I say, I'm a big Dolly Parton fan and she is an ally and she has put stuff out. And that was quite, you know, quite helpful to know that there were people out there. But I definitely think, you know, there, were, there certainly were resources, but how accessible they were because, you know, you almost needed a, a way in to get them. You know, there were support groups, there were books, there were things you could read, but how are you ever going to get them if you don't know about them because you don't know somebody in the community? Because people aren't just walking around saying, you know, have have a leaflet on, on on the LGBT community. You know, schools are getting better with it, but when I was at school, you know, one the stigma of going to say, you know, your tutor and saying, I think I'm gay. What can I do? I didn't feel well. Personally, I was denying it anyway, so I was never going to talk to somebody else about it. And so, you know, I think it's not it's, it's not just about resources; it's about accessibility to them. You know putting them somewhere that anybody can get hold of them easily and discreetly so that they can take, you know, a book home with them or take a leaf home and start that process. I think that's a real big thing is, is accessibility, you know, and, and I think a lot of people can do that, you know, parents, teachers, you know, people who, you know, the more accessible we make these things, the easier it is for people to discover themselves and have those conversations. Because, for example, a leaflet can be really useful. You know, if you don't know how to have a conversation with your family about coming out, one of these, you know, you, you can leave the leaflet lying around for someone to find, or you know, you can you know use that as a, as a, almost as a crutch. You know, I think you know accessibility is 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 just as important as the resources themselves. Definitely, we're getting there, but we're we're not there yet. There's definitely you know I, before this this interview i was thinking about 
things in case things come up about resources and things like that, you know, and, and I search on Amazon, you know, books for teenagers, LGBT, and there are loads and the reviews are great. And, you know, and I'm sure most of them would be great. And in Amazon itself, you know, is, the, the ability to search and find all these books that you wouldn't necessarily find in a bookshop, you know, it makes it so much more accessible. And once you start, you definitely get into a rabbit hole of finding more and, and, and it's, it's a long process, but yeah. Yeah, I do think accessibility is really important. And I think that's why it needs, I think we've got a long way to go in schools, but as we get better, it's more accessible to a lot more people because obviously every, pretty much every child goes to school and it's important to have support groups, even just posters up that they don't feel alone or like you said leaflets that they can take home I think that is really important in education that that accessibility needs to be there because that's I think is the easiest way to get it out to LGBTQ plus youth is school because they're all there and you can really create community there and and a safe space for them as well um so if you could go back in time what advice would you give to your younger self? I mean, I think, you know, give, given that I denied it for so long, if, if I could go back now, you know, I would say it, you know, it's not just a phase. It, it's not just a, you know, sexual attraction thing. I, I do feel like coming out at such a, an, a you know, at 21, I missed out on some of the things that I would have experienced as a teenager growing up in high school as a, as a gay boy. I would go back and just say, you know, be be yourself, and I think that that works, you know, for everybody, not just for, for me. You know, be yourself, you know. You'll understand yourself a lot better if you you give yourself the the the, the freedom to explore, and and you know that would be my ex- advice to myself would be, you know, don't deny it, explore it, and 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 don't be afraid. Oh, that's wonderful advice. I love that. That's super advice. We talked about advice to parents. I think for parents, it really is about being open and normalising it from an early age. You know, there is a right level of detail to go into for all ages. And I think if we talk to children from a really young age, you know, from, from you know, I'm talking like as soon as they can start to read, you know, I, I follow a lot of people on Instagram now who, who've got young kids and they you know, they, they've got books with, with two dads in the book, you know, for literally for a little kid who's reading picture books and, you know, normalising it at that age. If we can normalise it from an early age and teach people that there are different sexualities and a man being with a man and a woman being with a woman or whatever, you know, that's all normal. It makes the process of coming out so much easier because you know that your parents are accepting people. You know that they're open. That conversation is going to be that that, that conversation is is always going to be a difficult one. The words got stuck in my mouth when I was telling my mum, like, I, I, you know, am I actually going to? Are these words going to actually come out? You know, it's difficult enough anyway. But I think knowing that your parents are open makes a massive difference. And so normalising it buying a book, just having a book there so that if ever they want to, you know, as a kid, if I'd have, if my mum had got a book about being being gay on the bookshelf, I could have just snuck off the bookshelf and taken it to my room. Oh my God, that would have made such a huge difference. So I think, you know, normalising it and make, you know, having those resources available at home as well as at school, you may never need them, but if they're there, at least you know that they're there and that they're completely, you know, going to be supported and they're going to feel comfortable coming to you when they're, when they're ready to tell you. I do think as well, I've seen that 
I haven't seen anyone actually post it, but I think there's this mindset that if we teach kids about like gay relationships or like trans people, like they're going to, it's going to turn them gay. And that is absolutely not the case at all. You are just educating your child and raising an open-minded and accepting child. Like they might still grow up to be heterosexual. They might be gay. They might be a lesbian, whatever it is. You are just raising an open-minded, accepting child in a safe environment. Um, I don't see any negatives to that. I think it's really important. Like you said, even just having a book on the shelf that it shows that they're open-minded and that, like you said, would really help you to just sneak off and read it. That's the kind of uh, space that you want to create, isn't it? I mean, completely, you know, the idea that if you watch something on TV or read something that you're going to turn, you know, turn out gay, well, you know, flip that on its head. You know, most of my life I grew up seeing just, you know, heterosexual relationships on TV, very masculine men. I turned out, you know, nothing like that. So, you know, to flip it on its head, if, if that were the case, then, you know, I'd have turned out, you know, masculine sort of tough guy. But, you know, I, I think, you know, what it will do is mean that those little boys who are gay but feel like they can't come out because their family, you know, expect them to be straight, it makes those people not come out and keep it a secret for a lot longer. It's not going to turn your child gay, but what it will do is mean that they, they'll come out rather than keeping it a secret. It, it's a completely different thing, you know, being open and, and being able to have that conversation. But it goes back to what we were saying earlier about the fact that uh, a lot of prejudice comes from ignorance and, and lack of education. And so if we're teaching the next generation to be completely open and accepting of everything, not just of the LGBT community, you know, if we teach everybody to be accepting, then, you know, that generation when they're our age, you know, the world's going to be such a better place if we can do that. Children don't come into this world racist and homophobic. They are traits that they learn as they get older from society, from parents, from whatever, you know. And so if we can stop that happening, those people will grow up so open and and so willing to just accept whatever that we'll grow so much, you know, if we can do that, you know, I, I'm under no full solution that it's not going to happen overnight, but if the more we teach, the quicker we progress. Definitely. It's just starting that process off, isn't it? And it starts, like we said, it starts at home. It starts with the people that, you know, your kids, your friends, your family, everything like that. That's, that is where it starts. And then obviously we can start seeing better representation in the media, more conversations are going to happen. One thing, talking about um, children, that really shocked me last year was CBBC, like the kids' BBC show. There was loads of controversy because I don't know why it was controversial. To me, it's, it's bizarre. But they showed two girls kissing. That was the storyline. Apparently, they'd done it really well and they got an obscene amount of Ofcom complaints. And the article that I read, I was so shocked because how many um, like heterosexual kisses will they see on TV? And no one, no one complains about it. It's no, no one's bothered. That's just normal. But as soon as two girls kissed, it that every not everyone but a lot of people kicked off about it which is crazy it's just crazy this is why we need to be teaching kids from a young age that's the representation we need so hopefully as obviously like you said this generation gets older that we do have a much more open society that can have those conversations the representations there and it's just much more accepting and open-minded 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, in social media and in you know, media generally, you, you're seeing many more stories about young kids who are, you know, doing things and, and coming out, you know, and, and, and doing so many amazing things that, you know, when I was a kid, that, that just wouldn't have happened because society wasn't ready for it yet. And, you know, I think it's absolutely amazing to see all these, you know, these, these, these kids being able to say, you know what, I know who I am at the age of seven or eight or whatever, and I'm going to do it. I mean, I can't think of his name, but there's a, there's a, a young boy who does like amazing makeup and is, you know, he'll, he wants to be a drag queen and all that. And I think at the time he was like seven or eight and I was like, good for you. Good for you being able to do that at your age, you know? And I think, you know, I'm sure that's down to the fact that his family are so open and supportive, but also he's grown up in a society that, okay, we're not there yet, but we'll get, we are getting there. But I think it goes back to what we said earlier. We've got to educate the adults as well, because the adults are the ones that are teaching their children the behaviors that they're going to then be with. And it's going to be really hard for them to dispel the idea that being gay is wrong, if that's what they're taught. Whereas if we let them be themselves, you know, they can make up their own decisions. And, you know, I think things are so much easier when everybody is open and willing to have those conversations. And yeah, they're awkward conversations, you know, they're not always easy conversations. And I remember that one of the places I worked before, um, not long after I came out um, to those people, it's one one woman in her, she's in her mid forties, got two young kids. And she says, you know what? I think one of my little boys might be gay and I want to know as much as I possibly can now so that if ever that conversation happens, I know what to do. And and I said the same to her. It's not about the conversation and waiting until the conversation. It's the stuff you do now to make him feel like when that conversation needs to happen, he can come to you without thinking, you know, is mum going to be upset? Oh, I love this conversation. It's been yeah, so it's fun. Been... We've touched on so many good things. Thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you. Yeah, it's been brilliant. I've really enjoyed it. It's it's even now I've got very few friends in the LGBT community. The the ones I've got, we we always have brilliant conversations like this, you know, because we don't get to have them that often. And and it's just great to be able to talk about it. And you know, hopefully with 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 this interview, people will get to hear a bit more, get to understand a little bit more, and it'll make having those conversations a little bit easier. But yeah, it, it's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you for yeah. having me. Thank you so much. So what a great interview with Ryan. I laughed out loud at some of those moments. Uh, so tell us, what were your funniest moments in that interview and what were your insights, Tayshan? I loved this conversation. It was so fun. Um, yeah, it was really fun. So funniest bits, one was part of his coming out story about how his mum told his grandma when she was on a gurney in A&E with chest pains and thought that that was the most appropriate time to tell her, although it turns out it was just heartburn. So, I mean, it, it wasn't fatal, but not the best, not the best time to be telling someone about their grandson being, uh, her grandson being gay. But yeah, yeah. That, that was funny. That was um, funny. And... One thing as well, obviously, we spoke about Manchester Pride at the beginning. Yeah. And since we recorded that interview, I actually went to Manchester Pride um, about a month ago. Yes. Um, and everything that he said was was so right. Like when he said it in the interview, I thought, oh, yeah, it sounds cool. But you actually get there and like words can't describe the atmosphere to just have so many people from the community celebrating yes. who they are openly 
proud and like I remember standing in the street and like Ryan said just being like these are my people like this is this is where I should be and it's just so so heartwarming and just wholesome to be stood there so if anyone gets the chance to go to any pride events next year I can only speak for Manchester Pride, but it was absolutely um, incredible. Um, so insights from the, the conversation. So like in a lot of conversations, Compact came up, so compulsory heterosexuality, how he felt that he was told by society he needs to marry a woman and have mm-hmm. kids, and he felt like that was always going to be how it was, and he kind of pushed his sexual attraction to men down and then realized oh actually I'm romantically attracted to men and then had to kind of come out to himself I think it's just really interesting how um, like compulsory heterosexuality in so many people's LGBT experiences is so prominent like pretty much most people that I've spoken to about it on the podcast in my personal life they pretty much all have the same kind of opinion and experiences when it comes to compulsory heterosexuality which is super interesting um another thing there were so many things I loved about this conversation um you know what a feminist I am I do (laughs) Um, and we spoke about obviously toxic masculinity and about how being queer like a gay man allows it seems to allow the community to explore them uh, their femininity more and how maybe a lot of cishet men don't get to explore that because of toxic masculinity maybe they don't know themselves as well as they could do if toxic masculinity wasn't a thing and it it didn't affect society so so heavily because it is a, a really big a really big issue within society so I thought that was super interesting and then just one more thing I know I'm like repeating the whole episode (laughs) um but how we spoke about making mistakes how everyone makes mistakes when it comes to pronouns misgendering people Mm. it can happen um and it's going about correcting people in the right way and as I said and as Ryan said a lot of people like I want to be corrected when I make mistakes like please correct me so that I know and and speak up about it so that because because that's how we educate people yeah but it's obviously it's just got to be done in um like in a productive way rather than like shaming people but yeah I thought it was that bit was really interesting as well oh I've just got lasting visions of Ryan crocheting on the train oh my god yeah I love it and like baking I love that you have the confidence to do that and just like I love it I'm doing it I don't care I think that is absolutely brilliant I, lo- I love that and how he says he was like baking a cake doing yeah. DIY in the garden yes. but going back to like toxic masculinity a lot of a lot of straight cisgendered men wouldn't feel confident enough in their sexuality to sit on a train and crochet exactly. and fear that they would be judged but obviously being being gay gives it gives people or certainly gives Ryan a bit more confidence to do that because he's confident in his sexuality he's happy to explore those typically feminine traits and go him I would sit and crochet with Ryan on a train if I could crochet me too 
It's just brilliant, brilliant. Another absolutely fantastic interview. And so you've been listening to me, TJ Dow, and of course, the fabulous Tayshan Dow on the Spot to Your Success podcast. Join us for another episode in this series on sexual and gender identity. And in the meantime, do give us a follow, leave us a review and share with everyone you know. Bye for now. Bye.